Hello and welcome, welcome to, to This, this is, is the Pits. Starring my name Chelsea Z Green and Michael. And Michael. Oh. <laughs> no, this is no bueno. <laughs> no, this is this sounds like a pl- someone playing a record in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, welcome to another Sunday at This is the Pits Podcast Lounge. I'm Chelsea Greenwood. My name is Michael Oberst, and today we're talking about the 2010 animated film Megamind starring Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, David Cross, Ben Stiller, and Brad motherfucking Pitt. So this is episode 32, and I just want to remind our listeners, if you're still here with us, that we're watching every single Brad Pitt movie, and by the end of this year, there will be 80. So... 70. I just want to remind everybody that we're watching every Brad Pitt movie in order. I feel like I haven't stated what our mission is in a while. So just wanted to clarify the mission. Yeah, let's let's clarify it even further. So we are watching every Brad Pitt movie in order. For what purpose, Chelsea? We're seeing how Brad Pitt's life um, affected pop culture and how pop culture affected Brad Pitt's life. And I have to say, my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of this podcast is learning about the year in which the movie came out because I'm just reminded of so many fun things. Yeah, same. It's, it's like, um, a little walk through things that I like, you know? Well, I got to tell you, actually, 2010 was a fucked up year. Like a lot of bad things happened in 2010. A lot of like earthquakes and plane crashes and shit like that. It was the Haiti earthquake. Do you remember that? 360,000 people died. It's the 10th deadliest earthquake ever recorded. Oh, my God. It was also that big oil spill, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, that went on for 63 days and destroyed the Gulf of Mexico. I forgot about that. And it was just like, I just remember it like would not stop. It would not stop. (laughs) I remember, I have such a vivid memory. I was bartending in New York. This was right before I moved back to California. I moved back to California in October of 2010. This movie came out in November of 2010. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was remember being in in a bartending in New York and just like raging at why we couldn't stop this and being so upset and feeling so small and little. And the only hope that I had was that Barack Obama was president and he was doing all sorts of wonderful things at the time. Yeah, I I remember that too, just being like, yeah, it's still leaking. And, And I was like, what? I I don't understand. They no, like stop it. Like just make it stop doing make it that. Stop. It was so upsetting. Just destroyed so many industries down there in in um, Louisiana, and they had already just gotten over Hurricane Sand. I mean Hurricane Katrina. Katrina. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Oh, but a good thing that happened that year was that President Barack Obama signed the Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal into law, which was kind of a big deal. That's good. Yeah, that was that was huge. I always thought the Don't Ask, Don't Tell review, review, law was a good one. I was like, yeah, great. Like, let's just not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but you shouldn't be penalized. No, I, I know that now. I was I was in the closet in 2010 also and 2009. And so I just like I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Oh, that's like, so yeah, no, sad. I'm totally gonna not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you're like I, I'm, I don't talk about Please. it every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I never talk about it. Please don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. What else we got here? Uh, um, I can tell you the King's Speech won Best Picture that year. Um, wait, well, no. I mean, well, for 2011. Or 
for the year 2000, of all of the movies that came out in 2010, Best Picture was King's Speech, which I thought was a terrible decision. I loved that movie. But I was going to say, my next fact, funny you should say, is the Oscars, is that the in 2010, so the movie's from 2009, in 2010 was the first time a woman director won. Oh, I remember that, for too. Hurt that was Locker. Yeah. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, it was the Winter Olympics just, in Vancouver, and the U.S. won nine gold, 15 silver, and 13 bronze medals. That's I love cool. how, how you always give us the uh, the Olympics facts, yeah. like anybody uh, follows the Olympics that closely. I will watch them when they're out on, but like Five. I don't remember. I love an Olympic because it places me in the world at the time. Like, where was I in the Vancouver Olympics, you know? <laughs> I remember, like, Celine Dion singing the opening ceremony. I remember. Yeah. Anyway, anywho. Anyway, um, I just remember being w- wickedly furious. I guess 2011 is what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about it because the, the movies are all from 2010, but – this was like one of the first years that I had seen most of the movies yeah. from this one. Like 127 Hours, I fucking loved that movie. That was a Black great movie. Swan. Oh, fantastic. Made me love movie. movies. The yeah. Fighter, also Never a movie that I still to this. Oh my God, Chelsea, The Fighter is so good. It's with Christian it's Bale. It's like, yeah, it's with Christian Bale. It's one of my like really, really faves. It's like up there with Moneyball. Um, Inception came out, which is a fun movie. But I thought the social network should have won. Oh, my God. Winter's Bone, too. Jesus Christ. It was a good year for, for movies. And then the King's um, Speech won. Classic Oscars. <laughs> like, no, classic Oscars. Like, great movies. And then the fucking King's Speech. Are I kidding? liked the King's Speech, though. Sure. It's a likable, basic, like, basic-ass movie. But it's a, it's a basic Becky. It would be drinking a pumpkin spice latte if it could. Yeah, but the social network was a great movie of that was like very representative of the year. Totally should have won. Black Swan even could have won. It's an amazing, amazing movie. Anyway, let's not let's. You know what's not not an amazing movie? (laughs) Fucking Megamind. (laughs) Megamind. It was a slog to get through this one. I actually didn't take any notes because I had my five-year-old niece and my two-year-old nephew sandwiching. Oh, did they have notes? They were conf- they were Should've like just, that guy's um, good and that guy's bad, but they well, like, honestly definitely wasn't that black and white, was it? They don't watch. They just like to watch the things moving on screens. They're both kind of too young to like internalize that a plot like this, which was kind of how old are they again? Two and five. It was a little complicated. I was going in and out of it too. I was like, wait, <laughs> I was like, isn't this a kids movie? I thought this was going to be like a little bit easier for me to understand, but. <laughs> not i was i got confused a couple times what's the plot so the plot is you can't have one without you can't have good without evil megamind and metro man are born in some fucking place far away in the space and they grow up alongside each other the premise was based on the idea like what if lex luthor killed superman that's what the basic concept was um but really what happened is these two aliens come down crashing to earth because their their respective planets are are destroyed and they're both come down to earth as babies and one gets raised in a rich good family home and the other one gets raised in a prison um the one in the prison is megamind and he becomes an evil mastermind because of his prison influences and then the good one (laughs) what no and then the good one is uh um is metro man and he's uh, a superhero. Metro. I thought Megamind was voiced by Brad Pitt. 
But he is not. No. Metro Man is voiced by Brad Pitt, and he is only in this movie for a total of four minutes. <laughs> I was kind of looking. I was trying to find him, like, giving an interview about it. But literally, I he probably just, like, recorded it in one afternoon, the whole movie. Yeah, it probably didn't take very long. And he also, like, didn't really – like, I saw some interviews from him at the premiere, and he was like – he's like, yeah, it's, you know – He just, like, did it in his free fun. time. He it's easy. Packs and Maddox. He did it for his kids. Yeah, yeah, he did it for his kids. He said that. He was like, I did it just because of my kids. Ben Stiller did it for his kids. Will Ferrell did it for his kids. They all just were like, oh, you know, it's an easy, like. It's a slam dunk up. of a cast. It's an amazing cast, but it's just like, I don't. You know, sometimes when you watch a cartoon, it's like, good. Especially DreamWorks. Like, they make some good shit. But. Yeah. This was. No, no, I know. They made. They made uh shrek and they also made how to train your dragon which apparently was a box office flop but it was i enjoyed it i liked that movie i too also liked that movie i never saw the second one but i i love but my point is i love a cartoon movie when it's not trying to be like when it's not trying it's when it's made for kids but it also is smart enough to entertain a grown-up this one i feel like was too much trying to entertain grown-ups and really wasn't for kids and so it was like in this weird no man's land there was a lot of – and this sort of happened with Sinbad 2, which is another DreamWorks production. Um, it's not? No, no it was. No, no, I'm just thinking, why does he keep making You're just making shaking your sh- head like – I know. Like, why does he get getting, getting looped into the worst DreamWorks movies? Like, it's why like, didn't he have done How to Train Your Dragon or Shrek? Um, because they wanted him strictly for his star power. They wanted him just to sell this movie. They're like, this movie's not good. Let's get yeah, Brad Pitt. Sure. Seriously. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing about being Brad Pitt is that sometimes you do this because they will pay you well, mm-hmm. you and it doesn't take much commitment. Yeah. Um, Speaking of being paid well, I have two being paid well factoids for you. Oh, okay. Number one is that Brad and Angelina sold the pictures of their twins for $14 million. What the fuck? And gave all that money to charity, but still, people paid $14 million to see pictures of their children. That is how famous these people are. Like, we could talk about how famous he is, but they were, if you put yourself back in 2010, Brad and Angelina were the most famous, biggest deals on the planet. And he does this movie. That's crazy. It's insane. That is so fucking crazy. Yeah. $14 I just can't even imagine that any... I don't know, like how much revenue could they possibly get from so pictures much. of them? At, that's the point. Like they were so more than fourteen million for the kids. Like yeah. If one, like say People Magazine pays fourteen million for a picture of those kids, do you think they made more than fourteen million back? I mean, with the internet, it's hard to tell. Back in the like newspaper days. It, okay, it was two thousand ten. So there was internet. There was YouTube. There was there internet. Was... The babies came. The babies were born in what two thousand seven, two thousand six, yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah. So, wow, we know way too much about this. I these love it. And well, that's the thing. I, I was planning on doing a whole conversation about their personal lives, but it's like they're just so, 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 so famous, and they are, have a family of six. When this movie premiered, they were in Budapest filming Angie's directorial debut, and he flew to the premiere of this with his two sons. He flew to it. They landed in the morning, went to the premiere. The next day, they went back to Budapest. That's the lives these people are living. It's but you insane. know what? It sounds insane to make that travel. But for them, it's like just we're just going to go to the, the house in the sky. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like we're going to our sky house. It's not like a 
Yeah, it's not like a plane ride that like we would experience. Like traveling to Bud- Budapest and back in two days would be a fucking hellhole for either of us. Oh my god! But for Brad Pitt, he's like, if it's not a full blown private jet, it's almost a private jet, and it's probably very comfortable for him. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it's crazy, but it's I'm sure very manageable. Um, so. I thought Megamind was voiced by Brad Pitt, and I spent the first five minutes of the movie thinking, oh, boy, another accent. And he, you know what? He really does sound different in this one. <laughs> it like, took me a while to figure out that he was not Megamind. Yeah, he's Will Ferrell. It took me a while yes. to figure out that Tina Fey was Tina Fey. I didn't know she was, I actually had to look that up. I was like, whose voice is that? Me too. I, yeah, I, I didn't recognize it. But then, but then it totally. I mean, it does sound a lot like her. She's yeah. she's once, good. Once you clock it, you clock it. it. This was Will Ferrell and Tina's face biggest grossing film of all time. Really, bigger than Step Brothers? Yep, bigger than any of his movies. This was his biggest grossing film, and it was a it was a this flop. Was it made a shitload of money, but it was a flop for DreamWorks. Like no way. Normally, they make more money. No, I thought it made more money than How to Train Your Dragon. Two. Megamind, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Megamind's, Megamind's total world lifetime of gross was 321.8. Damn. How to Train Your Dragon's total was 494. I'm so confused. All right. Megamind wins, though. How is that confusing? I just, said, I just said How to Train Your Dragon was, you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Megamind made less money, significantly less. Like oh, less dollars. money. Less. You said more money. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> But then your numbers didn't match up. Ladies and gentlemen, we started early today because Michael's brother was supposed to be on this podcast, but then he bailed at literally 15 minutes past the time we were supposed to start. So we're all jingle jangled. He didn't (laughs) bail last minute. He bailed 15 minutes after we were supposed to start. Yeah, what a dick because he's never welcome back to this podcast. Sorry, Morgan, if you're listening. Sorry. You could have been here giving us a backbone. Giving us hot takes on this. But anyway um, (laughs) – See you at Christmas. Um, okay, I did think Brad Pitt was well cast, though. Oh, totally. I thought this was a pretty good role for him, even yeah, though it was muffin. easy, phoned-in, bullshit role. It was good. Yeah, I guess what I didn't like about this movie, or didn't like about watching this movie for this podcast, is that like it's so Brad Pitt adjacent that we just watched you know, an hour and a half of a movie I didn't want to watch for five minutes, but we, but it's part of our mission. I know. So we have to I do know, it. So I kind of was, re- when he died, I was resentful of the fact that I then had to sit through this movie without any Brad Pitt for the whole time. Me fucking too. But also I was like, there's no way he died. No way. You can't just kill a character in the first five minutes. Oh wait, we have to say the, the whole plot because it is pretty simple. So we can just ex- go through the plot really quickly. Okay. Go for it. Um, they're born. They're both born. They're raised differently. One becomes a superhero. One becomes a bad guy. They spend their like their lives like fighting each other in a, like spectacular su- superhero and supervillain fashion. It's a yin and yang and then, situation. Yin and yang situation. Um, and then uh, Megamind uh, actually kills him. Um, he like traps him and he kills. <laughs> but the whole him. thing is that Megamind is a really bad supervillain and he never gets anything right and he's like constantly fucking up and and. Metro Man always wins and always does a great job. So it's really crazy. Right. Like everybody's like really taken aback by the fact that Mega Mind has actually won for the first time right. in his life. Yeah, because he's kind of a bumbling idiot. And so yeah. um he actually kills Metro Man and then Mega Mind is like, ah, I rule the city, and then like he realizes it's no fun ruling the city when it's like just it's just kind of depressing. And so he he creates his own villain or he creates his own superhero to have a you know 
another yin to his yang. Played and by Jonah Hill. Yeah, but then that that superhero ends up being um, a supervillain and being a huge asshole. There's a whole love story where there's like a girl involved. It's honestly, it's I guess it's needed, but it's just like they never know, explain. It's, it's, they uh, never explain. Like I guess so. Megamind in the in the history of this battle is always kidnapping this one chick, and Metro Man is always saving this one chick. And right, she's chick, like a Lois Lane type character. She's a Lois Lane type character, and she they just didn't really flesh that out. Like, were they in love? Who knows? Whatever. The man who loved her, there's this guy who had a crush on her. He becomes the supervillain. Megamind, we find out that Me- Metro Man is still alive, and he's like pursuing his dream of being Elvis, which, what the fuck? And then Megamind saves the day, right? Uh, Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then I guess Metro man faked his death. We find out later Metro man faked his death so that he could become music man. Um, and just like do music stuff, he's but really he's bad really at bad music. At it's just not interesting or entertaining at all. And no, it's not. And then, so Metro man has to come <laughs> back and, and help Megamind defeat their, but he doesn't. Okay. This is so confusing. Here's the thing, guys. He's wearing a watch that can turn him into other people. So he pretends to be Metro Man, but really it's been Mega Man this whole time, and he wasn't evil. He just was awkward, and he actually had a good true heart, and he and Roxy end up falling in love. And he oh, saves the city. See, I missed that. He I, saves the I city. missed that, and that's a huge plot point. <laughs> yeah. He pretended to be Metro Man, but then he said Metrocity, because that's the other thing about Mega Man. He has like some weird speech impediments where he... He says it's... things wrong. Yeah. Which is and, a little bit funny and a little bit endearing, but the the city is called Metro City, but he keeps calling it Metrocity. And he has th- <laughs> things like that throughout the whole thing, which I thought was really funny, but it needed to be big, it needed to be more uh, fleshed out. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was very just unoriginal. The whole story was unoriginal and it was not not that it was a little it was like it was they knew it was unoriginal, so they tried to put things in it to make it more original but it just it didn't feel original ever and it just felt confusing no but you know what's crazy is that people really like this movie across the board like when i was telling people the other day that i was going to watch it they were like oh my god that's such a funny movie it like really it really skated under the radar and it's like actually a good movie because it's got will ferrell in it and i was i got really excited because i was like oh that's cool like a little hidden treasure but it wasn't a fun will ferrell movie it was just it was just a movie that was made one time you know what I mean? <laughs> Neither here nor there. It's just like yeah. somebody spent hundreds of millions of dollars to make it, and it was made, and then it went away. You know you what? Know? People have jobs in animation in Los Angeles, and they need to get paid sometimes. So sometimes they just make a movie that's just going to pay the bills and keep the lights on, and that's what this did. It it made their money back, and then some – I mean – I guess you can call like a a two hundred million dollar profit a, a pretty good payday. Yeah, but fuck yeah. Do you know that uh, there was just under one hundred thousand storyboards were created? Hundred thousand storyboards. That's like for nearly every frame. Yeah, insane. And well, I just don't understand how animation works. Like it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around making a production of animation. Like doing all those storyboards and all the planning and like just seems like a lot of meetings oh so many meetings you know because like normal production there's a lot of meetings but like eventually you go out and you film something and 
with this, it feels like it's nothing but meetings. It's a lot of yeses and nos and checks and balances. It's like... Do you do animation sometimes? No. I mean, I have done animation at the tail end of things, like in post. And it's sort of like, how do we feel about this mustache? Okay, let's sign off on the mustache. How do we feel like it when the mustache is like smiling? It's like just checks and balances and yeses and nos and... It does well, and also the interesting thing is I I never know if so the audio is recorded first and then the thing is animated to the voices. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the actors really do drive it a lot farther than we think that they do. So it, it, that in that case, it is like a traditional film. They're just not in costume or on set. Yeah. Um, although nowadays, since animation is so advanced, they'll like wear those like masks on their faces with like the dots. Mm. So they'll they'll video record them talking. So that their and faces. Then, mm-hmm. So that the, their mouth can move the same on the character. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of uh, cool that they can do that now. But like, really, at what like, I think that animation is getting so good and like CGI is getting so good that eventually it's just gonna merge. Like, we're just gonna have. We're just gonna have uh, like a young Betty White, and like we're gonna just have Elvis in movies again, and it's just gonna be—they're just gonna be real characters because the animation and CGI is so good that they just look straight up real. Like the fact that they had what's her name from Star Wars? Uh, oh my um, god, uh, crazy! Yeah, Leia. she's just in the movie again. She's Princess Leia was just in it, and it was like that's uh not a real person i know you know and it's really interesting too with animation because for instance with this movie there's a whole crew of animators that were just dedicated solely to capes to the movement of capes and oh i saw that yeah for like a year and they just sit and they do capes and it's like avatar for instance has been in the works since the first one came out avatar 2 and there's just people there dedicated to like the end of a tale for years on end it's my fucking friend, wild my friend uh, works on Frozen 2 and I guess it's like like they're they're getting ready to release a trailer and, and it's like she's been working on it for years since Frozen 1 came out yeah and she's like I'm so excited to get it out and I'm like I can imagine that you are fucking ready for this thing to come out I mean how many years is that like when did Frozen 1 come out I'll tell you right now I have a computer yeah we both have computers and phones we don't have to we don't have to think <laughs> no who thinks you, anymore? It came out in 2013. Okay, so that's not too long ago. It feels like forever. That was kind of a long time ago. That was seven years ago. Yeah. No, but, it was it was six years ago. Yeah, it's not that long. Um, I'll tell you what came out a long time ago. It was Megamind nine nine years ago. Megamind. Yeah, we were we were at one point talking about Megamind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I also was wondering, do you think this movie is? Um, Unintentionally, a, 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 a pretty good uh, metaphor for institutionalized racism and glorified of white sav- and glorification of white saviors, oh my God, because yes. because it's like two basically equal creatures come down to earth. One is white and goes to a, a rich white family. The other is blue and goes to prison, like straight to prison, and they grow up criminalized and in different worlds they're viewed differently one grows up to be an actual hero who is smart and clever and loved the other grows up to be a villain who is stupid and bumbling but he only becomes a villain because he feels like that's his only path because he's ostracized his whole life and because he was exactly i think you're 100 percent right 
It's the, and I don't think that they intentionally did that, although it does work well for that message. No, you know I, I don't mean? know what their intention was. Because if it was, if their intention truly was, what if Lex Luthor killed Superman? Like, that'd be a great fucking movie. A great live action movie with sad drama. You know? Can you? I would love a sad... Like, the thing I loved about that movie, Logan, was that it was a sad superhero drama and it was sad you didn't like that right the problem is i can't speak to superhero movies because i haven't watched one since 2010 what did you watch 2010 i don't don't watch superhero movies i don't remember what the last one i saw was but i swore a vow at the end of that movie i don't remember what it was but i was like i'll never watch another superhero movie again this is a waste of money and time and i don't give a fuck i get that i fully get that because i feel that way often about superhero movies the amount of money spent on lack of creativity and everybody's like well this one's good and that one's good and i'm like i'm sure they are but as a rule i just don't watch them i i get that to an extent but the thing is they're so prevalent in like what popular totally movies are now it's literally there's always one out and always one about to come out what i don't get is people who are excited about every single one no matter how obscure you know i'm like are you really excited for this like, are you really? Because oh it's just like the same. That's what I'm saying. It's a picture of mediocrity for me. It's a picture of com- conformity. And I just, I don't need it. I don't need to be in- engaged in culture that way. What I'm saying is that, yes, it normally is. But I will go see one if there is an, an except, if, if there's something about one of these movies that is going to be exceptional. Sure. So I have a, a basic understanding of that the the world superhero world so that i can i can walk into one and and mostly follow it that's Um, fair i mean listen i'm not proselytizing here this is a personal choice i've made also i only have time for pit movies in my life like i only have time to watch one movie a week and because we're doing this podcast i have to watch brad pitt (laughs) movies i did however just binge fleabag the show on hulu oh i didn't know sorry amazon prime it is fucking amazing i laughed oh cried. good yeah watch it. oh i can't wait to watch it I, you need to watch shrill i, shrill I watch on shrill. Hulu. i watch shrill it's so good right it's fine compared to fleabag i loved oh, shrill great. then i saw fleabag and i was like well fleabag is so fucking smart and so great oh i'm watching fleabag yeah. um anyway so what i was saying though is logan is one of those movies by the way infinity war 2 not one of those movies it's i thought it was gonna i thought it was like oh this is gonna be an epic movie i'm gonna yeah. go see it um, because it's like, you know, a cornerstone of the whole franchise. Sure. It was unbearable. It was three fucking hours long, yeah. which I didn't realize until after I bought my ticket. It was boring as fuck. Bad. It was just bad, bad, I bad, bad. I just don't care about people fighting people, generally speaking. Like, I get that. Black Panther, I get it. You should see. You should have seen – Black Panther is one you should see and Logan is one you should see because Logan is the one about – it's the it's the last Wolverine movie, and it's not it doesn't really feel superhero-y. You know what I mean? Like so that's the thing. I don't mind a superhero. Like some of the Batman, like the traditional superheroes, the early superheroes, I fucking love that, and it is a cultural like the thing. Dark Knight movies, the Dark Knight movie, and you know I used to watch um, that show um, about Superman with Lex Lu- with um, Terry Hatcher and oh yeah, what was that show called? S. I- yeah, Super. No. I think it was just called Superman. Wasn't it called uh, like Smallville or whatever? No, or... no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I gotta find it. Superman. Whatever. All I'm trying to say is watch Logan. It's a good movie. Yeah, I'll watch it. 
Uh, no, I won't watch it. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lois and Clark was what it was called. Uh, it was good? And we watched, I don't remember because I was such a small chicken, but we watched it every single weekend. It was Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. And I just like loved that they were like real people who were like erotically into each other, you know? Right, right. Um, well, um, this is a superhero movie that I didn't need to watch, Mega Mind. I can tell you that. Yeah, right Mega Mind. Remember that movie that we were talking about? Yeah. We're really supposed to be talking about this movie, but it's so hard. Like, I've never taken less notes on a movie. Even a movie like Too Young to Die, which, remember, Too Young to Die. Well, that was fun because it was – that's my point about this movie. It's fun to talk about bad movies. It's very fun to talk about bad movies, and there's lots to talk about. It's fun to talk about good movies. It's very fun to talk about good movies because there's lots to talk about. Um, But this one is just kind of like – Again, a movie that was made, neither really here nor there. I don't really care about it. doesn't have a lot of Brad Pitt in it. And I'd like to tell a joke about Superman and the Invisible Man and Lois Lane. Yeah, so that's what we'll do sometimes. Because um, can we also talk about why the fuck was it like they wanted them – they wanted the uh, characters to be like rock stars. Like they were playing 80s – arena rock oh my god the budget for music in this movie must have been insane it was like back in black it was like all of the the cliched like they played welcome to the jungle black and back hell's bells (laughs) all the like like it was just like 80s (laughs) arena rock and i'm like i it's it's clearly a movie made by middle-aged white men because they think that this is awesome music and like this is rock star music and like how cool would it be if these superheroes were like rock stars and their idea of a rock star is like fucking ACDC, which mm-hmm. is 30 years, 30 years over. Lazy. Fucking lazy filmmaking. It's lazy. It's lazy as hell. Yeah. Um, it was so just – I think it was just weird that it was exclusively like arena rock. Like you could have done other stuff. I mean maybe. let me look up the soundtrack here. It's fucking crazy. It's like literally the most cliched things ever. Yeah, 100%. Um Bow. But I will say, uh, funny story about that song. I like when I first discovered like that I could listen to music and choose what music I wanted to listen to. I asked my dad if I could listen to the song from the Ford truck commercials, and it was Back in Black. He was like, "Oh, you mean ACDC?" Oh, it's I was just... like, "Yeah, I don't know. Is that when it's in the Ford commercials?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's Back in Black." Yeah, Crazy Train started... by Ozzy Osbourne, Mr. Blue Sky, Back in yeah. Black, Welcome to the Jungle. Bad by Michael Jackson. Just like, fuck your dicks off, you know? Like, yeah, like, get a fucking life. Um, I will say, though, 2010 was a great time for Will Ferrell, Jonah Hill, and Tina Fey. You know what I mean? Like, 2009 is when Step Brothers came out. Tina Fey was in the heat of uh, 30 Rock. Uh, I think Super Bad came out in maybe 2009 as well. Yeah. Well... So that's the thing. That's why this is – it just adds to my laziness point. It's like, I know. Let's just get every single person who's famous, mm-hmm. put them in a movie, and we're guaranteed to make money. Yeah. Like, I wonder this movie if... is the business side of the movie industry. Like, this isn't – this has – there is no – this is mean to the filmmaker, but, like, there's no creative reason to have made it. It's just a business venture because you just right. get all the most famous yeah. people – with a thin plot line, you know you're going to sell seats. It's like it's like you got to spend money to make money, like the rich get richer kind of thing. Exactly. It's like if someone can drop $130 million on a movie and like know, know how to spend that money, um, this is what you'll end up with. A movie that makes you 
uh, like four hundred million dollars. Um, and good so, on them, but just kids. yeah, it's a piece of shit. And you spent one hundred thirty dollars, one hundred thirty million on it, but like you still made four hundred million. So like they're not they're not gonna not make this movie again. Like if they have the opportunity, they'd probably do it again. No, and time and time and time and time again. And that's this is how I feel about all superhero movies: is that they know that it's gonna get sold, and so there's no real consideration most of the time. Like obviously, there are considerate filmmakers and in the in the superhero genre i just mean as a whole they know it's going to make money so they don't put a lot of effort into thinking outside of the box and that i shy away from anything that's like so conformed like that you know then again like i fucking loved game of thrones and every second of it even the ending but I'm I'm super glad that Game of Thrones is over because I'm tired of waiting for new seasons. I'm tired of the drama and the gossip and the and just I'm just tired. Like it, the drama started to feel exhausting to me for Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like I was like, can we like fucking figure it out? Like are we gonna be are we gonna figure it out soon? Well, they figured it out and they figured it out in the lamest way. But this is not a Game of Thrones podcast. This is a Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. No, let's podcast. not talk about Game of Thrones. Here's a fun thing about Brad Pitt in 2009. Um, he was on the cover of Wired magazine, and he, um, in that interview, <laughs> he said, "I for I sort of forget how it came up. I think it was about using your phone in the bathroom." And he was like, "Definitely don't want to take a phone call in the bathroom. You should always text in the bathroom because you know it's it's weird. You don't want you don't want someone to hear you peeing at the urinal or something like that." And he said, "Plus, but when you're texting, be careful. You don't want to push the wrong button and accidentally tweet a picture of your junk. That's oh. not the kind of following you want." I love it when we get these real human snap when he becomes a real human, you know? People ask him weird questions and he answers. And it like sort of falls into obscurity, but we find it and it's like <laughs> it's just weird. Just weird it's like how he breaks wind. But I think fatherhood <laughs> yeah. really changed him, you know? I think he like really let his loose down cuz like he, he I feel like he opened up when he had six kids. He's like whatever, I am an, I'm a mess, you know? You've got to be a mess. My yeah, my parents always say like it, when you have kids, you lose all. You like he's like the kids break you in. You lose yeah. all. You know, he's like yeah. that for that first year there. You think that you might be able to hold on to some shred of your own personality, but after you know, it's it's that first year when you really decide that you are no longer a person and that your entire life is is, is these children. Yeah, but so imagine having six kids and all the fame in the world, where you literally cannot walk anywhere without a full security unit. Yeah, they said that they at in 2010 they were like, yeah, we live mostly in the south of France because this is that's where they can, for the most part, live a normal life. They can, we can almost raise the kids normally. Yeah, I read a few articles this week about they all started with like, I got a call from Brad's security unit. He walks in with his motorcycle helmet on. He rides his motorcycle motorcycle exclusively when he's in Los Angeles because it's his only because it's like wearing a mask. Um, Damn crazy would that be and i really believe their love at this time I, I i'm curious to move forward through time to when they get divorced because i do think that they're truly in love at this point and I, yeah i, I, I don't I, know I what happens really, there yeah i didn't really pay much attention to when they got divorced like i know it was a big deal but it wasn't as big of a deal when him and um Brent, uh, jennifer got no. divorced and so i I don't really know why. I'm curious too. Because I think too. they were married for a long time. Let me see. Yeah, they, no, they were. They well, they were together for I think like 12 years, and then they got divorced after being married for four or something like that. Yeah, that's wild. How long they were together, actually. Yeah. No, they. Were, I, I remember thinking too. Like, I think they might just be a couple. But also, I guess, 
I type in Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie now from four hours ago. Brad Pitt complained about chain smoking Jen and gushed about goddess Angelina. Flashback Friday. Here's what Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie's one and only true love. What a no drama single life looks like for Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like it's consistently going. Oh God. I think that they might be back together. I don't know why. I just don't think Jennifer. No, Angelina and Brad. I think she's as of April 15th, 2019, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's relationship is the best it's been since the divorce. My point is this. I don't think he's single. There's no way he's fucking single. You're probably right about that. He's probably secretly dating <gasps> someone. Oh my God. No, this year, Angelina Jolie, this happened in April this year, this Friday, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt became legally single. According to court documents, nearly three years after Jolie filed for divorce. The relationship is the best it's been since the split, the source said. Brad and Angelina have come a long way. Initially, moving forward took time because there was a lot of very hard feelings, so it was not a pleasant divorce. But we skip ahead here. Well, no divorce is, is going to be pleasant, but it wasn't quick. And also, imagine like splitting up that estate after 12 years. With six imagine kids. their shared assets and six kids. Like, what a fucking shit show. How many lawyers do you think were involved in that? I mean, because is Brad still... So she, he legally adopted her kids, but is he still, oh no, they were together for seven years before they got engaged. Yeah. So what do you think? I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to like connect what, like, what did people, I don't know. Never mind. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just, I'm just trying to like bring in all these details with a bigger picture of like what it means in terms of Brad Pitt's whole life and career. But I don't think there's really an answer to that. Like well, it, it just is these details. It is these details. I'm looking at a timeline right now to see what was going on in 2010 news of the world published a report that Brad and Angelina Jolie had split in February, 2010. The couple sued the publication for a false report in November, 2010 it was marriage rumors that were flying around after Johnny Depp referred to Brad Pitt and Angelina as Angelina Jolie's husband in a Vanity Fair article. So they were, we have to remember that they still weren't married because of gay rights. I know. It's so funny because of gay rights. But I also I found all these pictures that on the cover of W Magazine, they, Brad Pitt took a spread of her breastfeeding and they published his own photos. Lord knows how much that made. Imagine how much he sold for that that for. I mean, um, I need to have a piece of Brad Pitt's art in my house at some point in my life, don't you think? So do you. A Brad Pitt original? I, yeah, for sure. We need a print of something he's taken at some point. Yeah, I um, would love that. Or I, imagine like a, an architectural drawing from Brad Pitt. How cool would that be? Um, okay, I think, should we just do our ratings? Yeah, well, let me do the general ratings. Okay, yeah, do your general ratings first. So it was generally pretty well rated considering what a blah movie it was. IMDb gives it 7.3 out of 10. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 72%. That's pretty high for yeah, this, that is for this high. movie in particular. Um, 63% Metacritic. EW gives it a B plus. They just really recapped it. There wasn't any real information as to why. And Roger Ebert gave it three stars. I was trying to find, really? yeah, I was trying to find quotes. Everybody was just like, I think, I think in the time at which this movie came out, it may just be that like the world in which we lived amplified it and watching it with outside of that world 
makes it feel a lot worse than it is. Maybe. Yeah. Because I can't understand why anybody would, would rate it highly. Like, it's because it's, I guess it's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's just not original. Like, what what makes a movie a good movie? And and I don't think I think originality is probably a pretty big part of what makes a movie a good movie. And this is not original. So in terms of how it's made, yeah, I guess it's fine. It's it's polished, and everything in it is intentional and correct. They did all the right things at the right times. Um, you probably could have like timed out each act um, to the minute. Um, yeah, exactly. But it, it just wasn't original, which which to me makes it not a good movie. You know, like an unoriginal movie. If you're not gonna make an if you're gonna make an unoriginal movie, you gotta do it with fucking pizzazz. Yeah, like I'm fine with an unoriginal like I have said it and say I'll say it again, I love an action movie. And a lot of action movies Are aren't that original. Yeah. But if it's if there's something about it that is good and well done, like the John Wick movies. Those are so the same, mm-hmm. each one, but I love them because it's just so well done and, and it's the they make the action good. That's how I feel about Mission Impossible. I love the Mission Impossible movies because they're yeah. like fun and smart and there's like the added bonus of the fact that he does his own stunts. It's like, give me something. Yeah, exactly. And so this isn't that. And so to me, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know. I mean, we really didn't talk about this movie at all, and that's so fun. <laughs> well, it's hard to say anything. Like we've we've talked about how hard it is to talk about this movie because there's nothing that interesting. Like if you've seen Megamind, you know that there's a few funny little parts. Yeah. You know, uh, David David uh, Cross's character is fun little guy. Yeah, he's funny. And he t- him just that's the thing about some of the casting here is that like Will Ferrell's just one of those people that is funny. He just is. Yeah, totally. It's so Will David Cross. Like people. David Cross's yeah. voice is funny. So like you don't really need to do much. But again, it's lazy. What did you think of Brad's performance? Um I th- I guess Brad was good. Like it Brad himself, I'm not gonna knock him for being no. unoriginal. Because no. it's it's the script, not him, and he delivered he the job. character he was supposed to do. So he what so, what is that? Like an eight plus? A nine, Ooh. a ten, you know, like you have to rate him high. He did a good job. It's yeah, not a great, true. but it's also he was in it for four minutes. I almost feel bad even rating it. I'll give him an eight. You know? Um. Okay. I, I I can't think of anything he could do differently. I guess he gets a ten. A ten? I'm gonna give him an eight just because it it. Ugh, just by virtue of the fact that he, well because he picked this movie and it's like come on brad that's what yeah but he picked it on. for his kids i'll give him an eight as well because i think yeah he didn't do a bad job but it, it didn't blow i think a 10 is reserved for something that would blow me away so it's not just a good performance but it's also something that he brought to it that i wouldn't expect from him absolutely and this i would expect from him he did a good job but it wasn't anything that really you know, shook it up or, or did anything exciting. It was just like, yeah, no, that was fine. So I, I don't think he deserves a, a 10, but at eight, it's like a solid, he did a solid good job. Um, right. so and... his looks, <laughs> I mean, he looks great. He looks like Elvis. Yeah. He was hot. I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I'll, I don't I'll like a jaw like that. Uh, like... I don't always, but he looked good with the beard. So I'll give him an eight. I'm going to give him a four. Just because fuck him. Four. Fuck him. You know what? Yeah. All right. What do you rate the movie? 
A four. Yeah, I'm giving it. I might give it a four too because it's just not good. I mean, it's yeah. fine, but it's not. And the other thing is like Mary Fuck Kill. It's an obvious. Mary right? Fuck Kill. What? Um, Mega Mind, uh, Titan, and uh, Metro Man. Metro Man. Yeah. What would you choose? I would kill Titan because ew, he was repulsive. I would fuck Megamind <laughs> for one wild night of alien sex, and I'd marry fucking Metro Man. No way. I would marry um, Megamind. No. Yeah, because he can change his his body to anything. <laughs> so. Oh, that's a good call. And so, and he seems like he has fun, whereas Metro Man seems like he's incapable of experiencing a range of emotions and that he's very boring. Well, he likes to sing songs. I think you might be right, but I was annoyed by Megamind. Like, I'd rather just have a pretty guy around, like, in my beautiful lair. You know, his gorgeous lair. He has all the powers. I just think Megamind was kind of annoying. Yeah, maybe you're right. I guess, I guess. It just seems like... It just doesn't seem like I'd be happy with Metro. Like, I feel like I'd feel like a kept woman in, <laughs> with Metro Man. Where it'd just be like, uh... Like, you, looking out the window. Yeah, you'd just be like... <laughs> you'd be a kept woman. That's a good call. Ugh, can we conclude Megamind? Are we done let's with Megamind? Let's wrap Megamind. Well, let's wrap over. that fucking shit up. Next week is The Tree of Life by Terrence Malick, who... Is hit or miss for me. Sometimes I really fucking love him, and sometimes I'm like, okay, I get it. Like you're an artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's it's well, we'll see. I mean, this is another goddamn long ass movie. <laughs> Which I don't know how much Brad Pitt is actually in it. Again, too, I don't think he's the lead. Uh, yeah. I don't I remember. Don't I don't remember. I don't. I've never seen it. I know nothing about it. So I'm going into this one with with no knowledge. But um, we'll see. All right, great. Well, stay tuned next week for that, and we'll uh, talk to you later. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I love you.